0: You're listening to the Hui Kala Baptist Church Podcast coming to you from the heart of Honolulu. Hui Kala is a committed family of faith that loves Jesus and loves one another. Grab your Bible and prepare for preaching from the Word of God from Pastor Anthony King. We'll be back in our study of uh, the book of Ephesians as we go verse by verse next week, uh, so don't miss out on that. But today we're taking a special uh, side, trick, uh, side trip here for uh, Mother's Day, uh, but it's not just for moms. So, so stay engaged with me. If you would turn your Bibles view, you it's Proverbs chapter number 22. Proverbs 22 is where we're going to be at this morning. Very familiar verse in the Bible, very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. Proverbs 22, verse number six is where we're gonna be at this morning. If you've never read through the book of Proverbs, I wanna give you the challenge to read through the book of Proverbs. Uh, It is the book of wisdom. Uh, Solomon was the wisest man to ever walk planet Earth other than Jesus Christ. And before he died, he wanted to write a letter to his boys pouring out all of his wisdom. Uh, And thankfully, God preserved that for us and made it part of scripture. Uh, That's what we call the book of Proverbs. And so just uh, wisdom, uh, more wisdom than you could ever process in a given lifetime, I promise you that. Uh, if you read through the book of Proverbs, you could read one proverb a day uh, and read through the entire book of Proverbs in a month. Uh, So some folks, if today's the 12th, will read Proverbs 12 today. Tomorrow's the 13th, read Proverbs 13 tomorrow. Kind of a good way to read through the book of Proverbs. Uh, But I'm telling you this, you could read it through every single month for the rest of your life and never exhaust the wisdom uh, that's found in the book of Proverbs. So much good stuff uh, that we find there. Uh, One principle that we're going to take a look at this morning is really important is when it comes to training children and and pointing them in the right direction for the rest of their lives. Uh, We can't get around this fact at all, and it's a a very important principle uh, that we see at work in our uh, world today as well. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I had the opportunity to, to preach in a Christian school uh, this week and uh, the chapel service, and I took my son Thatcher with me. Thatcher uh, will turn 25 years old next month. Uh, and so uh, we had the opportunity to drive out to, to Eva, and I had lunch out there, and we were, we were talking and stuff. and uh, I was talking, I uh, had the opportunity to preach to a high school chapel, and I was basically encouraging these folks to not ruin your life before it ever even gets started. Uh, I was trying to encourage the seniors that were getting ready to graduate, hey, you're going to make some decisions in the next 90 days that could affect the rest of your life, Please don't mess it up right now. And uh, on the way to, to lunch, me and Thatcher were talking, and he said, man, he said, uh, so many kids that I went to high school with, and Thatcher went to a Christian school, so many kids I went to high school, he said, have messed their life up. He said, it's so sad to watch. Um, and we began to talk, and he went through every single person that he could think of uh, in his uh, high school graduating class. And uh, we, he attended a, a Christian school. Uh, he was part of a youth group. Uh, all the kids that were in, in his graduating class attended the same church. So same church, Same youth group, same youth pastor, same Christian school um, in the same town. What was the difference that it made? And we began to talk through each one of the the different kids, and these are living for the Lord. These got married, and they're serving in ministry. These are going to start a church over uh, with another group of folks. And uh, this guy joined the military and fell off the face of the planet. This guy uh, moved to Oregon, and he's a chef now. This guy lives uh, in in the same town, but he uh, doesn't go to church and and smokes dope all the time. This girl uh, got pregnant out of wedlock and ended up marrying the guy that she got pregnant with. Uh, This girl married a guy that was 30 years older than her that already had kids. And we began to talk through all these, and the ones that were living for the Lord and the ones that weren't. And I asked him, I said, what do you think made the difference? What was it? Same church, same pastor, same Christian school, same youth group, same youth pastor, same circle of friends. Everything was exactly the same. What made the difference? Without hesitation, he says, the only thing I can attribute it to is their parents. That's it. I thought, man, you hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Because, all things being equal, the home is one of the most important places for training our children. Sometimes we feel like we can send our kids to super church and they'll learn the Bible over there and we can kind of wash our hands of that, that's taken care of. Uh, We can send our kids to school and they'll take care of the education for our kids and that part's taken care of. We make sure that there's clean clothes and food on the table uh, and they get plenty of sleep and then we are, are parenting at that point. That's the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says that it's our responsibility as parents to train up a child in the way that they should go. Not send them to have them trained, but to train them ourselves. And you might be sitting here this morning going, I don't even have kids. Uh, I don't have any kids that I need to train. This is, I can kind of take a nap for the next 45 minutes. Please don't do that, first of all. And secondly, here's the thing. Nowhere in this passage of scripture does it, is this a call for parents. You look at this verse again. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Who's that given to? It's given to everyone. So the job of training parents falls primarily, or training children falls primarily on parents, but it's a responsibility of the entire church as a whole to model what true Christianity looks like. One of the things that absolutely thrills my soul as a pastor is to see single adults or uh, married couples with no children themselves that serve in children's ministry. They don't have their own kids, but they love serving families with kids. Uh, Brian Anderson is one of our single adults. He won't be single for for much longer. Uh, He's getting married in a couple of weeks. Uh, But Brian served for almost three years in our children's ministry, and the kids love Mr. Brian over there. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a responsibility to watch kids. He doesn't have a responsibility to serve kids but he chooses to because he wants to be involved in their lives. His uh, fiance and his wife, soon-to-be, Anya, has uh, served in children's ministry for, at Hui Call here for almost four years. Uh, she loves kids, and she loves spending time with them. Uh, early on in the early days of who we call a Baptist church, Pete and Aaron Madsen served in our children's ministry. They had been praying for almost a decade that God would give them their own child, and, and God never did, but they chose to serve in children's ministry because they saw the importance of training children. Uh, awesome story about Pete and Aaron. They ended up adopting a son uh, who's an absolute gorgeous uh, little dude, uh, and then right after they adopted, they found out that Aaron was pregnant. Again, almost a, over a decade of trying to have their own child, and God gave him a child in his time. But the interesting thing for them is they were just patient where they were and they served God where they were with what they had. And so this idea of training children is not strictly given to parents, although uh, many times we'll apply it to parents and definitely there's an application there. But I think it's our responsibility as a whole, as a church family, to train children. Uh, I love it when our kids from Super Church come over here and sit in on a Sunday morning service. I like that. That's kind of fun for them. They kind of look around and see whatever, what all's going on. Uh, they sing songs that they've never sung before. Uh, we don't sing Father Abraham over here. Uh, you know, maybe we should. That would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You should YouTube it. It'll be good for you. Uh, but uh, they come over here and they're just like, wow, this is what, I guess, big people church is like. And then we, as a church family, get to train them what it looks like to be a part of a church family. That's training. And if they're here excited about being in Big People Church and they see you over there yawning, scrolling on your Instagram, they see you falling asleep, they see you getting up 12 times to get a cup of coffee and staring at the ceiling, they're just gonna automatically be trained, oh, this is what we do in Big People Church. If you wanna pull out your phone and use that, you can do that in Big People Church. Why? Because we're training them So training is not simply a parental issue. At the end of the day, I'm responsible to God for training my family, but I need your help collectively as a church family to help me to train my children in the way that they should go. If you're taking notes, and I highly recommend that you do, uh, jot these thoughts down this morning. First of all, we must train our children. We have to. First of all, it's a biblical command. You can't get around that. The Bible says to train up your children. And if you don't, then you are... Disobedience to scripture, simple as that. So we have to do it. If you've ever said this, just know that this is not a judgment statement against you. I love you and I'm for you. I just wanna help you this morning. But one of the most foolish statements that I've ever heard a parent make in their entire life, and they, they're, they're thinking to themselves, they're forward, they're helping their kids learn, they're helping their kids do all these things, but they say, I'm just gonna let my kids make up their own decision and choose their own path. It sounds like a very uh, uh, open-minded thing to do. But please know this. This is not our God-given responsibility. Our God-given responsibility is to train our children. Well, I want my kids to be free thinkers. Then give them the truth. Give them the facts. Guide them into truth. That's the important part. None of us would say, I'm just gonna let my kids at uh, eight years old figure out whether or not they wanna go to school or not. None of us would do that. Nobody wants to go to school. And all my school teachers here are going, but we want them to. I know you do. Uh, But uh, kids don't enjoy going to school. My my, my kids are already counting the number of days until summer comes around, right? Because here's the thing about it. We cannot allow children to choose their own path. If I let my kids figure out what they want for dinner every night, you know what it's going to be? Doritos and pizza every single night. And what's for dessert? Oreos every single night. I have to guide them into truth. I have to show them what is good for them and what's not good for them. We can't allow them to choose their own path. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17:9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If the guiding source in their heart in their life is their heart, and the Bible says their heart will deceive them or lead them astray. I can't allow my children to be led by their heart. I need to guide them. Now, please understand, I can't force my kids to do anything. I can't force my children to follow Jesus. And this is where sometimes parents get frustrated. Well, I took them to church. I, I put them in the youth group. I, I made them go to church. I made them pray. I made them read the Bible. You can't force somebody to have a heart for God. You just can't. But what you can do is you can guide them into truth. Uh, My dad is a a cattle farmer in Kentucky. Uh, That means he has like six cows that he gets a really good tax deduction off of every year. He likes that, right? And so he calls himself a cattle farmer. We'll use that in air quotes, right? And he says that, you know, a lot of times I have to move cows from pasture to pasture. And I said, how do you move a a 3,000 pound animal and tell it where you want it to go? You don't put a rope around its neck and drag it. He said, You get behind it on a four wheeler and you sit there honking the horn behind it and it runs the direction you want it to run. <laughs> and I go, That's genius, right? And he says, And sometimes I have to put them in a trailer. If the, the pasture that they're going to is not nearby, I have to put them in a trailer. And I'm thinking to myself, How do you get them in a trailer? And basically, you create this funnel of fences and you chase them down to this funnel of fences where they have nowhere to go but onto the trailer. As we guide our children, I'm going to allow them to make their own choices within the guideposts, within the guardrails that I set forth. I'm gonna allow them to make up their own mind, but I'm going to guide their choices that they make. You say, well, it sounds a lot like manipulation. No, it sounds a lot like training That's a Bible word there. I'm not manipulating my kids. If I'm tricking my kids into doing something, that's a different story. But I can't allow them to choose their own path because they're gonna choose what's not good for them. Simple as that. You see, we will train them or the world will train them. Simple as that. Hey, if you don't train your kids, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat will be happy to train your kids for you. Happy to. If you don't train your kids, please know that the education system will be happy to train your kids for you. If you don't train your kids and give them the convictions that they desire, I promise you this, they'll have no problems developing their own convictions based on what the world says is good for them. We see this happening again and again and again. That's why we must train our children or the world will. There's more media that's accessible to children these days uh, than, than any other time in h- human history. Uh, my my daughter can't even play a game on the iPad without getting pop-ups about some uh, app that she needs to install. Or uh, thankfully, we've taught our kids again, trained our kids. If something pops up and asks for your email address, come get a parent. If something pops up and asks you, is it okay to use the camera on your iPad? Come get a parent. Uh, we ha- took training. Why? Because uh, a ten-year-old can wind up video chatting with some weirdo somewhere, you know? So we've got to train, not manipulate, but I want to give them guideposts. I want to give them markers to show them and to guide them into truth. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. God commands the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, hey, God's word should be such a part of your life that it's almost like something tied between your eyeballs. I don't know if you've ever seen Orthodox Jews that, that wear a little strip of, uh, of leather and have a rolled up thing right between their eyes. That's what they've done they've taken scripture and they've written and they've rolled it up and put it on a scroll between their eyes and they've tied it around their head like a headband. That's not the idea behind this is that we all get a new piece of jewelry today. The idea is this, I'm gonna view everything in my life through the lens of scripture. I'm gonna look at this and say, is this in agreement with what the Bible says? I'm gonna look at this situation and say, is this what's best according to God's word? And the Bible says that we as parents should make the Bible such a part of our life that it's just like something tied between our eyeballs that affects everything we see, everywhere we look. He says, hey, talk about God's word in your house as you walk through your house. Have a scripture on, on the, the posts of your house. Uh, we have scripture verses that are on, uh, on artwork that we have in our house because we just wanna be reminded of God's goodness in our home and this goes back to training. But here's the thing about training. If I'm gonna train my children in the way that they have to go, I have to know the way. This is really important. We must know the way. Can you imagine saying that you wanna get in really good shape? Uh, You wanna lose some weight and you want to uh, uh, be more fit, exercise more, feel better about yourself, get more energy, and so you sign up at a 24-hour fitness, you hire a personal trainer, and you show up on the first day, and the personal trainer is, is coming up the steps, one step at a time. He's about 250 pounds overweight. He's having to stop halfway up. He gets up there and goes, oh, I'm your trainer. Can me just say, i I'm your trainer. I'm gonna get you the best shape of your life. You'd say, <laughs> I think you got the wrong guy. Like, really, like a... I'm just gonna go home uh, because I'm obviously in a little bit better shape than you. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm better off than you are, right? How many of you, if we went to see a financial advisor, he'd say, oh, have a seat here. Let me clear all this stuff out. I'm filing for bankruptcy the third time in my life. And, uh, let me clear all this out. I don't wanna help you with your finances. we so would say, no thanks, I think I'm good, you know? Who wants to go see a marriage counselor who's been married six times, you know? You, you'd say no to that. So our children aren't going to want to follow Jesus if we aren't following Jesus. If we're not, not if we don't know the way that we're supposed to go. This is why it's incredibly important that if you have children in your house and even outside of your house, you have a responsibility to be the theologian for your home as a parent. You need to know the Bible forwards and backwards. And some of you might be sitting here going. I'm just trying, you know, I'm showing up at church on a Sunday morning. That's a great start. It really is. Now, uh, we've got some books on the back table here today. Uh, that uh, One of them is, is uh, Joey, could you grab me a couple of those books back there? Just grab me one of each one of those books that we have. Uh, I try to get some resources that, that we have in our bookstore that will help uh, parents to, to know the Word so that they can share it with their uh, kids and teach their kids and stuff. Uh, a few different books that we have on the back table. We have a handful of these we run out. I can get some more Uh Bible Basics for Everybody. Uh, this is the same as kind of Know Your Bible. These are a buck a piece. It basically talks about every single book of the Bible and what it means and why it's there. Uh, really good stuff. It's kind of a good way to get started. Throw this in your glove box or uh, put it somewhere in your house that you can read it. Uh, this is a good book here. Uh, Bible Made Easy for Kids. It basically talks about the major truths of the Bible and stories. You can take, go through these one at a time and talk about with your kids at night at bedtime or something like this. Or even as an adult, you can read through this as well. Uh, there's a book, I picked this one up at Sam's Club. I was at Sam's Club yesterday and I saw this and I grabbed like four of these. Uh, it's uh, Bible stories for kids here. Uh, and it's, it's meant for kids, uh, younger kids you have here because you find pictures uh, after the story's over. And this one is uh, God hears Elijah's prayer and then uh, Daniel's safe in the lion's den and uh, the first Christmas and uh, Jesus and his 12 disciples and stuff like that. So cool little storybooks that we have, stuff like that. Things like this are an easy on-ramp to training your kids. Uh, it, it's so incredibly easy, and so uh, these are these are ten bucks, I think. These are ten dollars, and these are a dollar a piece. Uh, so grab some of those again, just resources to help you to know the Bible better. Every Christian should go through some form of discipleship. If you've never gone through an organized discipleship program, I'd highly encourage you to sign up for that. Uh, Our course is a 14-week course where we teach you you major doctrines of the Bible, why we believe what we believe about the Bible, and where to find it in the Bible. Uh, Every Christian should go through some form of discipleship because you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. Even if you don't have children, you need to know God's Word. But we have to know the way. Uh, We have to know the Bible. I have to become very familiar with it. It's interesting, sometimes folks will, will say to me, say, well, Pastor, you know, I wish I knew as much about the Bible as you do. Hey, I didn't learn my Bible knowledge. And again, I'm not an expert on the Bible. I'm learning, I'm growing just like everybody else. I'm on a discipleship track just like everybody else. I don't know as much about the Bible as I want to. I got some books that I'm reading, some courses that I'm taking, uh, things like that to try to help me to know more about the Bible. But here's the thing. I What I do know about the Bible, I spend a lot of time in it. Uh, I've been in God's Word every single day of my life since I was probably in my mid-20s. My parents took me to church three times a week for 18 years. Um, In the last, uh, man, 20 years, uh, we haven't missed a church service unless somebody's sick, dead, or almost dead. Uh, I mean, for us, we made a commitment to it. And I'm telling you this, you walk with Jesus every single day for two decades, your faith is going to grow. You don't have a choice. But most people want a quick fix, right? Most people don't want to hire a personal trainer and go to the gym for six months, eight months, uh, a year. Nobody wants to log their food and look at what they're taking in, what they're they're expending out in energy. You know what they want? They want to go to to Walmart and get a 14-day cleanse and sit on the toilet for two weeks. (laughs) That makes no sense whatsoever. Why? Because we want a quick fix, right? Well, how do I learn the Bible? Commit to it. How long? Every single day. For how long? For the rest of your life. That's it. Become a student of the word of God. I don't know anybody in this room who says, I know the Bible as much as I want to. I think we all have room to grow. But not only do we need to know the Bible, we need to seek wisdom. Again, if you read through the book of Proverbs, you're gonna see that word wisdom again and again and again and again. Solomon says in Proverbs four, verse number five, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. shall bring thee to honor, when thou dost embrace her. I don't just need to know the Bible. I need to have wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. It's not just knowledge for the sake of knowing a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people who know the Bible really well, but they still make a lot of stupid decisions. That's the opposite of wisdom. That's foolishness. But when I seek wisdom and I follow after wisdom, my thoughts, my actions fall in line with God's word. I want to encourage you with this as well. When it comes to making major life decisions, seek wisdom. Well, I I think I just know what I want to do. Again, your heart will deceive you. Well, this just feels right. Feelings will lead you astray almost every single time. I need wisdom when it comes to making decisions. Uh, Angela and I have never made a a single life-changing decision in the last 15 years that we didn't seek wisdom for. That means talking with other Christians. That means uh, digging through God's word, looking for truth, and uh, spending a lot of time in fasting and prayer. Uh, I have a group of men that I'll call and and seek wisdom when it comes to, uh, seek wise counsel when it comes to making decisions. Why? Because I don't want to be foolish. I don't want to be led by my emotions. I don't want to be led by my heart because my heart and my emotions will lead me astray. God's word never leads me astray. Biblical wisdom never leads me astray. I need wisdom in my life. You need wisdom in your life. This is what helps us. Not only do you need to know the Bible, not only must we seek wisdom, we must remain teachable. This is a tough thing, especially for folks like me that struggle with pride. We sometimes feel like I'm doing okay I don't need a lot of help. I think I'm doing all right. And we don't remain teachable. One of the hardest things uh, for men to do sometimes is to admit that we're wrong and we need to know, uh, we need some help. But I'm telling you this, humility heals every single time. The Bible said only by pride comes contention. But humility, saying, hey, I don't have all the answers. I need some help. I need some guidance. And let me help you with something too this morning. Please don't ever think that your pastor is too busy to help you. This is what I do. This is why I exist, to help you, to guide you, to give you wisdom. Now, uh, don't call me and ask me if you should buy a navy blue car or a silver car. I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me. But hey, if you're saying, hey, we're thinking about buying a car that we can't afford and taking out a loan of $60,000 for a vehicle, you should probably call and get some wisdom for that because that could change the rest of your life. Now, again, I'm not telling you that you have to get my permission. I don't get permission for nothing. And understand this, I don't have time to run your life. I don't even have time to run my own life, right? I ain't trying to get in nobody's business or run your life. I'm trying to provide wisdom and guide you in the right direction. And so I want to encourage you to seek wisdom. And I'm all, I'll always have time to give wise, godly counsel, always. You might not like the counsel that you get, but I promise you it'll be biblical and it'll be coming from a, a biblically wise perspective. So I want to encourage you to seek wisdom, but remain teachable. Say, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers. I need someone to help me. A teachable spirit is very helpful. We want that in our children, and many times we don't want to remain teachable ourselves. Psalm 32, 9 says, Be not as the horse as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in a bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Psalmist says, don't be like a horse where we got to stick something, a piece of metal in its mouth to get it to go where we're supposed to because it doesn't have understanding. No, you need wisdom. You need understanding. Remain teachable. Remain moldable. And when God tells you to change, be willing to change. One of the things that's going to help you as a parent, if you have children, is to remain teachable. I I, I try to live my life with no regrets, I really do. There's nothing in my life that I say, oh, I wish I I could go back and fix this. I wish I could go back and change that. There are some times that I wish I could go back knowing what I know now. I think everybody thinks that too. But I wish I could go back when Thatcher was like five, knowing what I know now. I do things a lot differently. Along the way, God has changed me. And it's funny, because when Vanderlei gets to do stuff, Thatcher goes, you guys never would let me do that. It's like, I know. You kind of loosen it up a little bit as the kids get older and stuff like that. But again, you're more teachable too. (laughs) Our daughter Tallulah, she's our fourth and final. Uh, Mind you, Thatcher turns 25 next month. Tallulah's 18 months. And so with the first one you know they, they drop their pacifier on the floor and you just burn it you know it's just like no you know if anybody wants to touch your kids you got to uh, jug a hand sanitizer that you carry with you they got to hand sanitize, you know the first one it's really important you know uh, by the fourth one it's just like the pacifier falls in the parking lot in a, a mud puddle and you just kind of dust it off on the side of your shove it back in Ah, they're fine like hand sanitizer no need they need a good immune system right just like ah, they'll be fine, you know? You get older and it's just like, yeah. But you know what? I'm not the same dad that I was 20 years ago. You know why? Because God's changed me a lot along the way. But it's required that I remain teachable and that when I'm wrong, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong. Not only do we have to know the way, we have to show the way. It doesn't matter what you know if your life doesn't match what you know. Hey, you can have all the biblical knowledge in the world, but if you're not applying it, you're still acting foolishly. It's not enough to say to our kids, yeah, the things of God are really important to our family. It's not enough to just say that. You should say that, but it's not enough to just say that. We have to show them how important it is. And understand this as well. If we tell our kids, the Lord's number one in our life, Church is important to us. It's part of our life. It's a central part of us. It's our relationship with God and our faith. Faith comes first, and then family. That's why your mom's gonna take you to, to church this Sunday while I stay home and watch the game. Our kids would be like, say that one more time because I think you just said you're staying home to watch football while we go to church. Yeah, that's what I say because the things of the Lord are really important. It doesn't really work that way. Uh, things of God are really important. That's why your aunt's gonna take you to, to church this Sunday. Kids are really quick at, at, at sniffing out a fake. Just know that. I remember uh, my dad, I, I love my dad to death. He's uh, one of the best friends I've ever had in my entire life. Me and my dad have a great relationship now. But I remember as a kid, I was probably eight or nine years old. Uh, my dad uh, smoked for you know, almost 50 years. And he would tell me, Anthony, don't you ever, ever touch these things. If I ever catch you with these, you're going to wish you'd never been born. Okay, dad, got it. Now here's five bucks, go in and buy me a pack of cigarettes. Okay. And like, that was back, back when an eight-year-old could go into the grocery store and buy cigarettes, right? Uh, and so uh, I go in there, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm buying these cigarettes that my dad told me never to touch, but I have to touch them to get them back out to the car. It's just like, I remember in my mind thinking to myself, this is the dumbest thing in the world. And then you get to be a teenager, and it's just like, don't drink, don't smoke, don't have sex while I smoke. And it's just like, hmm, something's not right here. And... As a teenager, I couldn't divorce the two. That, that there was this truth that is true, yet someone that I know, love, and respect is in opposition to the truth. I couldn't, those things just melded together for me, and so I just said, well, that's just not true then. Same thing with the church that I grew up in. Uh, they they believed the same things that we believe about the Bible, they just believed that you didn't have to live in accordance with it. And so you had a lot of really biblically smart people that were very carnal and sinful in nature. And I remember as a kid thinking to myself, if the Bible's true, then we shouldn't have kids on our youth group that are making out in the back seat. If the Bible's true, then we shouldn't have our youth pastor who drops us off in an R-rated movie with nudity and he knows it's in there. If the Bible's true, we shouldn't have kids in our youth group that are, quote, leaders in our youth group that are going to parties, getting drunk, getting high, having sex, and then singing a, a song in church on Sunday morning. Something's not right. And as a 16-year-old boy, you know what I decided? Church is fake. That's it. It's not real. The Bible's real. God's real. His son's real. But church, it's fake. It's for phonies. It's for hypocrites. Everybody acts really good on Sunday, and then they go out and do what they want to do the rest of, of their life. And I couldn't, in my mind, put together the idea that maybe I was just in a really crummy church. I thought, no, this is how Christianity is. Guess what? I joined the Navy right out of high school, and at 18 years old, I was liberated. I never had to go to church ever again for the rest of my life. Because those places were just fakes, phonies, hypocrites. And I didn't want any part of that. I wanted to be really spiritual and just live for Jesus on my own, which basically meant I just didn't want to read, read the Bible and go to church and do what I was supposed to do. But then crazy thing happened when, after Angela and I got married, we began looking for churches and stuff like that to be a part of, and we found a church of Christians who, they really believe the Bible. They really believe what it said. And they live their life in accordance with it. And I'm telling you this, my head about exploded. Like, I don't know what the name of this church is or who these people are, but if they really believe the Bible and live their life by it, that's who I am and that's who I wanna be. Because my parents long ago had put in me a love for God's word. And a love for the Lord. I think my parents were probably disappointed with the church that we were at because they didn't know any better. But they put inside of me a love for God, a love for His Word. That means we must model biblical living. You can tell your kids as much as you want to, but if you don't show the way, it doesn't matter. All of our folks that serve in ministry this morning uh, or any other Sunday morning are members of who we call a Baptist church. Take a look at our church constitution and bylaws. They've agreed to live a holy biblical life in accordance with scripture and things like that um, because these are the people that serve. The ladies that are watching babies in the nursery are members of our church and have agreed to follow the biblical guidelines of what a holy life should look like. The folks that are serving in super church have agreed to live in accordance with scripture. And I'm thankful for that. Because that means we're not gonna have families dropping their kids off on Sunday morning with some guy that smells like booze because he was out till three o'clock in the morning on Saturday night drinking and partying and he rolled into church to watch kids for an hour. Uh Uh-uh, we don't do that here. No sir, no how. (laughs) If it ever happened here, it would happen once. I'll promise you that. Why? Because I want the folks that are working with our children to show people what a Christian man looks like. I'm thrilled by the fact that Mr. Larry gets to love on our kids in Superchurch. You know why? Because that's a man of God that loves Jesus. He, he's a tough dude. He's a, a retired, 27 years in the Army Infantry, tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Tough dude. Like if you ever were in a dark alley, that's the dude you want that's got your back, right? <laughs> got your front, uh, rather. I'll watch him from behind while he does his thing. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but you know what? You know what he loves to do? He loves to lead songs in there on Sunday morning. He loves to hang out with the kids and give them candy and stuff like that. You know what? I want my kids to see what a man of God looks like. That's a very, very healthy thing. I don't want my kids to see what a marginally committed, bad attitude, no-joy-having Christian looks like. Hey, those are a dime a dozen. I want my kids to see the real deal. But we have to show the way. Hey, I want my kids on a Sunday morning when you come in and they say, hey, how's it going? I want them to see joyful Christian living in you too. I want you to model biblical living for them as well. It leads to secondly, we have to model joyful Christianity. Where this Christian life thing is not a drag. It's not a bummer. It's not something that we have to do well, I guess it's Sunday, I guess we gotta go to church and then we can have the rest of our day back. We, we can't do that, that's not training our children. That trains our children that church is something to check off the list and go on with life. But hey, living for Jesus happens every single day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I need to show them that this is the good stuff. This is the good life that We live oh, I guess we can't watch that new movie that came out because it's rated R. Hey, I'm glad I don't have to sit and listen to two and a half hours of the F word and watch nudity on a big screen. Hey, that's not, I'm not missing out on anything. And I wanna train my boys that can, can you imagine what it would make your mom feel like if you and I were to watch another naked woman on a big movie screen? Can you imagine the message that that sends to women? I don't want any part of that. I'm thankful that we don't have to be entertained by garbage. That's training right there. Well, your mom says we can't watch it because it's rated R. I guess we'll have to wait till she goes to bed. <laughs> training. You just trained exactly what uh, what you want your children to know. Hey, mom's the stick in the mud. When she goes to bed, we can do what we want. Hey, you're training. Every single single thing that we do, we're training. I want my kids to know that the best music on uh, the radio in our Car is Christian worship music. That's the good stuff. That's the fun stuff to sing. I want my kids to know that the fun games that we get to play are not the, the games where uh, you know there's inappropriate things that are being said or, or dirty jokes that are being told. Hey, we get to have fun playing Uno. And when, I, when I beat you at Uno, and please know I'm gonna beat you at Uno. I'm gonna throw all your cards in your face and I'm gonna say, ha! Because we have fun. Being a Christian is not a drag. It's the best life. I feel bad for people that don't know Jesus because we live the good life and I have to model that for my children. This next one's really important and it's tough for a lot of people. We have to model repentance. When we do our kids wrong and just know this, you do, we need to make it right. We need to go to them and say, hey, I messed up. I shouldn't have done this. I acted a little bit hastily there, and I shouldn't have. Again, I wish I could roll back a, a 20 years knowing what I know now, but I can't. Thatcher was uh, five years old. Uh, he had just, uh, he just started school. Pearl Harbor Elementary, home of the Sharks. And, he, and for whatever reason, a music teacher thought it would be a great idea to give five-year-olds a recorder, okay? It's never a good idea, ever, under any circumstances, to give a five-year-old a recorder, and so he comes home, he's blowing it. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm trying to explain to him, you put the fingers on the holes. Like he doesn't want to do it. He's supposed to blow it. And it's on my last nerve. And I tell him, son, you blow that thing in this house one more time, it's going in the garbage. And he goes, okay, sorry, Dad. Not five minutes later, what do you think happens? <laughs> bring it here. What? The recorder, bring it here. Okay. Hands it to me. What did I tell you I was going to do? You said you're going to throw it in the garbage? Yeah. And I took the recorder, and I put it over my knee, and I busted it in two, and I threw it in the garbage. I go, I told you. And so he starts crying. Stop crying. I told you what was going to happen. Stop crying. And Angela comes over, and she, like, grabs me by the arm. And she's like, what? What? She was just like, what's going on? I, go, I told him if he blows it again, I was going to throw in the garbage. And she goes, Thatcher, did he tell you that? Thatcher goes, yeah, but I didn't think he'd really do it. <laughs> and she goes, well, he really did it. Don't do it again. Okay, I can't. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> and so she says, hey, can I talk to you for just a second? And she pulled me in uh, our bedroom, and she shut the door, and she goes, what is wrong with you? Now, this is a training opportunity too. My wife supported my authority in front of my child. This is really important because when you get parents against parents, they always know which one to run to. Mom's gonna take my side. You know, if dad ever does anything wrong, all I'm gonna do is go tell mom. She's gonna let him have it. And she took my side in front of him and she agreed that I did the right thing, even though I didn't. And she took me in the room and she gave me a talking to, which I really needed. What's wrong with you? I told him, I I, need, I taught him a lesson that if I said I was going to do something, I'm really going to do it. She goes, no, you taught him a lesson that you're a jerk. Yeah, so? You're not going to blow that stupid thing in this house again, right? And here I am, you know, I was so smart, so wise, right? And she goes, you need to go make that right. I Make nothing right. I told him I, I was going to break it, and I broke it. I'm not going to make anything right. And she was just like, okay if that's how you want to be. that was it. I walked out, and I was just like, hey, Thatch, I'm sorry about that recorder thing. I was just really frustrated, and I shouldn't have broke it. I said, but you can't blow it in the house. It drives me crazy, man. But I shouldn't have broke it. I'm sorry. He was like, well, I forgive you. Can we go get a new recorder? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. No, not going to happen. But you know what I did? I wanted to make things right. And since that day, I've messed up a whole lot since then. I've had to go to my kids and say, hey, Van, I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have handled that. I've just been super stressed. It doesn't make it right. I wanted to let you know I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Because repentance heals. If we ever feel like we're above repentance, just know this, you're wrong. Every single time. We need to live and model joyful Christianity and part of joyful Christianity is when we're wrong, we say, hey, I was wrong with that. Can you forgive me? I want to make that right and restore a right relationship. Final thought this morning, we have to trust the training. If you do your job the way the Bible tells you to, just trust that the work that you've done is going to pay off someday. That's the promise of this verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. One of the hardest things to sit across from a parent and hear about their child who's walked away from the faith and tell them, hang on, God's not done yet. If you've trained up your child in the way that they should go when they're old, they're not gonna depart from it. But then the question is, did you train the way you are supposed to? And I think, again, you know, I think every parent, hindsight's 2020, would make a lot of different changes knowing what we know now but I want to trust that God is good and that God will bring everything together around for his glory and for our good. I have to believe that because the Bible says so. But this idea of training, it never stops. You see, we never stop training. (laughs) Tallulah is uh, 18 months old and she's absolutely adorable. She's learned two words that are very difficult in our family's vocabulary. The first one is mine, day before yesterday she had a mind fit for no reason she laid down on the floor and she just started banging the floor and she goes, mine 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 it's like, I don't even know what that means right and she just flipped out and then now it's no here it's a little do this no she's like oh that's not good you can't do that and so we're having to train her right you can't say no and mine is a bad word for kids okay training but you know what i got a 25 year old son that i'm still having to train too took him to lunch this week and said, hey, why aren't you still walking with Jesus and your friends aren't? I don't know, maybe, he said, maybe it was my parents. But he said, you know what? Here's what he said, again, that I thought was so awesome. Parents have a lot to do with it, but at the end of the day, I had to make my own choice to walk with Jesus. He said, it's just a decision that I made on my own. He said, every friend that I have is still walking with Jesus. He said, they made a decision, regardless of what their parents did, to still walk with Jesus. Bingo. So it's a two-part thing. What causes our kids to continue to walk with Jesus? The right training, and then at the end of the day, a choice on their part. I only have control over one part of that. That's the training that I give, and I want to make sure that I'm training well. If you're a single adult or you don't have children, I want to encourage you. Would you train the children of our church well that this is what a joyful Christian looks like? That when we see you out at the mall or something like that, you're living for Jesus and having a good testimony and Show them what joyful Christianity looks like. The when they're sitting beside you in church because they're sick or they got in trouble in super church that they see you singing with a smile on your face, happy to be in church. That's training. Hey, some of you might need to join who we call a Baptist church and begin serving in children's ministry in some way. I don't know, but I know all of us have a responsibility to train children whether we have our own or not. But we never stop training and we never stop influencing. I mean, kind of a unique phase in my life right now in the fact that uh, I'm starting to give my parents advice now. Uh, I had a talk with my dad a couple years ago and gave him some advice on his business and some things he should think about as he gets a little bit older and things like that. Kind of a weird place to be uh, influencing him. But my mom and my dad both still continue to have an influence on me. Uh, I get a text message from my mom just about every week saying, hey, I'm praying for your services on Sunday. I hope things go well. Every time we have a baptism, she sends me a text. Says, hey, I saw people got baptized. Thanks for that. <laughs> If you've ever looked at our Who We Call It uh, Facebook page, within 30 seconds of something getting posted on our Who We Call a Facebook page, my mom's one of the first ones to like it. It drives me bananas. Uh, but uh, hey, you know what? I never had to question if my mom's for me, if she loves me, if she loves the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to think along those terms. But here's the most important thing that we have to teach and train our children. We got to teach them the gospel. They need to know what Jesus Christ has done for them Here's the most important thing in the world. If you have kids, don't have, now's your time to dial in and pay attention. All of us are born into this world at odds with God. We've broken our relationship with God, that God is not everybody's father automatically. We're born automatically enemies with God because of our sin. The Bible says we've sinned against God not just once or twice, but it's who we are in our nature and our DNA. And because of that, the Bible says we'll be judged for our sin one day. And the judgment for our sin is eternal separation from God in a place called hell. It's the worst thing in the world that could happen to someone. But God loves you and I so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins so we don't have to go to hell so that we can be forgiven. And if you would turn from your sin and turn to Jesus, you can be saved. Most important thing, you'll ever decision you'll ever make in your entire life, what will you do with Jesus. If you're here today and you do not know for sure that when you die, heaven is your home, know this. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for your sins and to pay for them so that you can be forgiven and go to heaven when you die. If you're here today and you don't know for sure that that's the case for you, please don't leave until you know for sure. Parents, we need to teach our children the truth of the gospel from a very young age. Oh, sure, they'll learn it in super church, but they need to hear it in our own home. They need to see what repentance looks like when we've done them wrong or done our spouse wrong in our own home. They need to see that so that we can train them in the gospel from a very young age. I got saved when I was nine years old. I knew the gospel from the time I was probably three or four years old. But I had to make a decision on my own. Just knowing that Jesus died for your sins is not enough. You must make a decision for yourself. Will you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Jesus says, no man shall enter the kingdom of God unless he's born again. You have to have a time, a date, and a place where you put your faith and trust in Christ as Savior. If you're here today and you don't know for sure that you're saved, there will be an opportunity at the end of the service for you to, to identify that and have the opportunity to accept Christ as Savior. For those of us that have kids, your training continues. Oh, well, they're grown up. They're out of the house. They're married now. Your training and influence continues. For those of us that have children in our own home, know this, you're gonna blink and they're gonna be grown up. Uh, Vanderlei was born at uh, Kapilani Women and Children's Center. I can take you to the room. Uh, when Angela had Tallulah there, it was uh, right down the hall from where Vanderlei was born. I remember Vanderlei's first day of school in kindergarten. He had Mrs. Blakely as his teacher. Mrs. Blakely taught Vanderlei how to read. Vanderlei's gonna be a senior in high school in about three weeks. Like that. And you know what? I'm beginning to ask myself a lot of questions. Have I done enough training yet? Have I done enough influencing yet? We have to train our children. Otherwise, the world will take over for us and they will just be on autopilot. So be intentional with your time this week, parents. Be intentional with your influence. If you don't have children, have the opportunity to show and model what biblical, joyful Christianity looks like. And God will get the glory for us.